Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Happy Tuesday, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you at our Carrier Zone Studio 2. I think for the final day, actually. Uh, It'll hear you. At our Vivint Smart Home Arena Studios. Austin Horton across the glass from me. Yeah, I don't want to jinx that, right? But is it looking good, Austin? Have you... you, um, have you talked to folks? Are, are we are we on track for a move back to Studio One? The folks believe so. Yes, the folks do. The folks uh, say tomorrow should be returned to home base. Meaning Ben and Jeremy. Ben and Jerry. Jeremy. Oh, Ben and Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's because Jeremy's got a an early morning tomorrow, doesn't he? He has to come come in and uh, hold Hatch's hand. I think. Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh yeah, because we're going back to room one. Yeah. I, but he shouldn't have to. It's the same as it's the same as room two. Yeah, but it, you know it's Hatch. Okay. I'm just kidding. Hatch. I'm he's going. He's kidding. taking some time off Thursday, so we can give him some business. Oh yeah. In fact, wait a minute. I, now I'm just catching up to this because we've got to figure out who's filling in for Hatch on Thursday, right? We we have it figured out, but no one's happy about it. And they oh really? Be. Oh, is that is that no one's happy about it? Mean include present company. No, because that night, present company is also working. Oh, yeah, jazz scrimmage Thursday night. Yeah, your, your guy here will be on the board from 2 till, what, 10 or 11? No, no, it won't last that long. Are you kidding? <laughs> of okay. course it will, because right. Lloyd has to do the rest of it before 2. Oh, in fact, I, I think it goes well <laughs> into the next morning, actually. You might as well stay and do Hatch's shift because you're not going to get out after the game until. Because even after post game, we're doing jazz uh, Orlando scrimmage overtime. Call in 855-34. We're actually replaying the scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> and it requires a live producer. Hey, is it hot in that room? No, it's not bad. Can I come in and shut that door? Because it sounds like you got a jet engine. Is it distracting? Is it a little bit? I forgot to shut it. No, please do. Uh, All right. Welcome to the show. It is uh, a very happy Tuesday. We have a lot going on for you today. Uh, We'll have our friend Will Snowden uh, join the show at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Will about uh, what's going on with with BYU football, but also want to talk to Will about high school football because, of course, with Alpha Recruits, Will's pretty dialed into uh, to that world as well. And we're seeing news. It seems like every hour I see a different school district or a state or whatever talk about uh, what they're going to do in the fall with football. So we'll uh, we'll bend Will's ear about that at 3 o'clock. What's going on at the top of the 4 o'clock hour? Bruce Feldman of The Athletic 
at 4.30. Bruce is one of the best college football uh, journalists out there, so we look forward to having him on the show. And then for the entire 5 o'clock hour, we will be joined by the great Craig Bowler, Jack. And uh, Bowler is is going to be broadcasting the scrimmage on Thursday and I uh, heard Locke earlier today on with Hanson Scotty, and it's kind of interesting right down to to a local broadcast radio and TV all the way to what they're doing for the national feeds and those sorts of things. These scrimmages are going to kind of be experiments, and they'll figure out what works, and, and to hear David talk about it, they're going to be trying all sorts of stuff probably all the way up into regular season games until they figure out, Okay, these angles are best, and and you know the microphones here have great sound, and this doesn't work. And I, I'm sure that we're going to see some stuff thrown against the wall where they go, nope, that that was a miss. But then we'll uh, you'll we'll figure it out. This this grand experiment that we're calling the bubble is truly fascinating on a number of different levels. And I know there's not a whole lot of geeky broadcast people out there, but th- this is pretty interesting how they're pulling all this stuff off. And I, I really will be fascinated to see. David talked about them putting 30-some microphones in the floor. How interesting is that? to get the In game, the floor? In the floor to get the game sound that you can mix into whatever feed you're sending the broadcasts, right? So you can still get uh, the squeaks and the dribbles and oh, okay. it, you know all that sort what of thing. What if someone dribbles guess? right on top of that microphone? Is your TV speaker at home just going to explode? Well, I'm sure they'll adjust how much it's dum, dum, boom, boom. <laughs> because they'll the the feed the broadcasts are will will be getting. We can talk to Bowler all about this, but I think there is going to be some sort of of delay to it because they're going to have to mix down and edit stuff. Ah, because they they have to do well. First of all, it's impossible to do live time remote broadcasts. I, I mean, whatever you're anyway. People don't need to hear this, but the you've got to find a way to to nip as many f words in the bud as you possibly can you at least need to make nah. an effort for that you know so they gotta they're gonna uh, experiment with the way they mix it and how the sounds sound i just i haven't seen anything about artificial crowd noise yet and i hope we don't get that yeah it's it's been weird in the baseball exhibition so far and from the folks i've talked to you know off the air uh, in is just a couple but I, I i don't think that's part of the plan now maybe I'll be surprised and and they'll go for it, but I hope not. They had thought of doing the 2K arena sounds, right? Where if the Jazz are the quote unquote home team in Orlando, the 2K uh, Vivid Smart Home Arena artificial home court sounds would be piped in. But I don't. I think that probably died pretty quickly because that sounds pretty hokey. I think so, too. I wonder if we'd get used to it. Like, Gordon and I talked about this a while ago, like laugh tracks. I wonder if you just, it just, you end up, you know it's ridiculous at first, but then it just ends up being part of the show. Okay. Well, if we're worried about the younger generation viewing the these games and hearing some poo-poo words, why not just not have any of the sound and just play Tchaikovsky, Mozart, and Beethoven uh, over, over the top of the game? Okay, I hear you. I think... I think the the dirty word part might be an excuse for the NBA really to, like the NBA doesn't want its consumer to hear all of that. They don't want it. 
even though it would be compelling television, it's not good public relations. Well, I, I, I hope they're not listening, but we hear it all the time anyway. We, again, get over the, the poo-poo word thing for a second here. They, the NBA does not want that direct communication player to player or player to referee. They don't want all of that being consumed by their fans. Even the non-FCC violation words? Yeah. Why? We uh, all know they hate each other. Um, for the same reason that I don't want my uh, off-air conversations in commercial break uh, going over the air as compelling as they may be. I apologized for that. Yeah. I thought you were off. No, it's it, it's cool. It's cool. But it, if, it really wasn't. if folks uh, would... Uh, uh, be privy to the emotional breakdowns that I have in between segments. More like you know, the would you rather? They they would they would think less of me. Or the would you rather is great point. I I love a good would you rather during the break, and I don't want that would you rather <laughs> being consumed by everybody at uh, at home or in their car. Although how great would it be if when Rudy Gobert is upset about a call, he goes up to I don't know Mike Callahan and says, "All right, Mike, would you rather?" And and this whole time we thought he was complaining about calls. When really they're just having they're benign just doing, conversation. Would you rather? But so even, let's have comedians dub over it. Even if it were, uh, you know, uh, Rudy Gobert going up to uh, an official and saying, "Hey, how the kids?" <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think they want that communication really to be for everyone. Uh, again, as compelling a television as it would be, and and w I'm all for putting this. Let's do total transparency of the bubble experience. Let's do every you 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 hear everything, but they're never going to do that for the same reason. So, I get it. All right. Well, I, 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 then they ought to just they ought to do it all or none of it, in my opinion. See that I, I get that, but they're they're gonna do they're gonna try and they're gonna try and dress it up. They're going to be gonna, artificial with it. Well, they're going to muffle it some way. They they just are. I mean, if 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 Donovan is uh, is describing his thoughts and feelings about uh, um, uh, LeBron's mother, you know, uh, you don't need that going to everyone at home. Okay. You you mispronounced Delonte West though. I know. Oh wow, great joke! You know that was that was like mid two thousands. Relevant. It's a twenty joke. year old joke. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty amazing. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it goes. This, this is why I'm curious about it. This is why I'm fascinated about it. Well, how it how do Thursday. they do it? How do they dress it up? I there's going to be a lot of. A lot of experimenting, I have a feeling. All right, let, let's dive right into things. Again, Bowler and Tire, 5 o'clock hour. Bruce Feldman at 4.30. Uh, 4 o'clock, uh, we've got What's Going On. And uh, coming up at 3, our friend Will Snowden will jump on uh, the show as well. So we're, we're jam-packed. Let's get to the split story of the day and talk a little money. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'd say Utah, I've gone 0-3 against them and I'm really looking forward to playing them my, my senior year and yeah, I just want to come out on top and, and show those guys what we're really made of. Beating Utah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I can't wait. These guys have been eluding us. And we're going to give it to them this year. I, I can't wait. That that game can't come soon enough. We're going to beat them this year. All right. Let's talk a little a little college football and uh, what exactly is at stake? Because that's a big part of the conversation. We've been talking about it a lot. Financially, uh, 
just how big is the motivation uh, that are going to these schools uh, about uh, it, uh, playing, in a sense. And really at the heart of the issue, and, and we'll start with this specifically and then kind of broaden the conversation, at the heart of the issue is how uh, athletic budgets are, are going to survive whatever the college football uh, season may look like. Austin, we, we heard the estimates, right, that 80% of athletic budgets come from are generated by football. I mean, we're talking vast yeah. vast sums of of money here and we'll do a little we'll do a little math game to kind of just illustrate how much might be at stake for somebody like the University of Utah but uh shout out to Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune who did a uh, a great uh, article today about uh, Utah's non-conference contracts with Wyoming BYU and Montana State uh, because because of the financial situation going on in college football this could get sticky for some universities because the schools that they're canceling contracts with probably want the money they're owed, right? Because they're just as desperate as, say, if not more so, as, say, the University of Utah. That's why they agree to get their heads kicked in by the big boys, <laughs> is now, for the money. Now, let's take this true. Let's take this game by game uh, to uh, for Utah and then we'll kind of expand the overall conversation because uh, the uh, uh, footballscoop.com had a great breakdown in athletic budgets uh, and we'll get to that. But first, with BYU this uh, appears to be the situation with their contract with Utah. Utah could cancel the contract with BYU and they have it. Utah actually drafted the contracts with Utah and Montana State but Wyoming actually drafted the contract with Utah and Wyoming which is interesting. But the way Utah has it worded in the contract is that if the game is unable to be played because a governing body says it can't, then they can just get out of the contract scot-free. Now, that doesn't mean that BYU or Montana State in this instance couldn't fight that and make their own argument that it actually could be played, but it is convenient for Utah and gives them leverage that they say an overall governing body can say the game couldn't be played. In this instance, Austin, that would be the Pac-12 who is a governing body over Utah who says, we're not playing non-conference games. Therefore, Utah goes to Montana State and BYU and says, I don't know what you want me to do. Our governing body says it's not going to happen, so it's not going to happen, which would appear to give Utah legal leverage. And again, these other schools could fight back. But here with these two schools, here's what's happening. With BYU, essentially, BYU has all the motivation in the world just to kick the can down the road. They want to maintain a relationship with Utah. It's in their best interest to play Utah really as much as possible. And we've seen them be flexible with Utah a la the Florida series, right? Yes. So Tom Homo has every motivation in the world to say to Mark Harlan, like, no worries. We're just going to figure out a different time to, to play the game. We'll, we'll knock it on to the end of the contract. Or maybe one of those years Utah's playing Florida, maybe they could sneak it in there. I would say that would be a long shot. But nonetheless, Mark Harlan, I'm sure, is saying, hey, just, just stick with us. We'll make it right. Same with Montana State. Their athletic director was contacted by the Salt Lake Tribune, and he said, all I can say is we've talked about rescheduling the game. So it would appear that Montana State, since they probably don't have a ton of legal leverage, is going to say, we'll work with you in good faith, and we know that you'll you'll uh, you'll make this right, which I would guess Utah, it's in their incentive to do as well. Wyoming, it's a little bit more complicated because it was a, a road game at Wyoming, and Wyoming wrote the contract, and the language uh, in the contract is a little bit different, giving Utah, I, I could get into it, but it gives Utah a little bit less leverage. 
Um, but uh, there was a, a lawyer from, I think it was Parsons Bailey, quoted in the show or in the article, and I think he lays out why this may be pretty painless for Utah to figure this out with Wyoming too. He says, uh, my experience uh, with these types of provisions is that the relationship between the parties is much more important than what is or is not permissible under the language of the contract. If the University of Wyoming Athletics Department wants to maintain a good working relationship with the University of Utah Athletics Department, they may be more motivated to discuss rescheduling the game in the future than arguing about whether they are entitled to liquidated damages under the contract. Moreover, athletics departments must consider that they are likely to be on both sides of this argument. Most athletics departments will have to cancel or reschedule sporting events as the result of COVID-19. And I thought that last part was really interesting. They're going to be on both sides of this argument where, and that would be really interesting if you went to court on one where you're trying to salvage uh, a, a payout for a game and you went to court uh, with another university where you're trying not to pay out. Right. <laughs> you know, that would be a pretty Unique situation. Anyway, the attorney, I, I, I think, is correct. you, you got to figure out some good faith stuff here to make it right and just be flexible with it. Cut the lawyers out in a sense and say, hey, we're, we'll, we'll make this right by you. And in Wyoming, for example, that's, that's totally right. They have every interest to keep a good relationship with the University of Utah Athletics, if not in football, in many, many other sports because they're in the same region. It's convenient to play. You used to be in the same conference. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Can, can you honestly see a, a reason, a, a reasonable excuse for playing hardball at this time? Be it for whether it's Wyoming, BYU, Montana State, or Utah? Yes. Really? And, oh, so yes, and here's why we we talked about this. I think we talked about it on the air, Austin. Maybe it was just you and I chatting off the air. But Portland State is suing Oregon State, or I is suing is too strong a language. Their athletic department said we're exploring that option because cash is a big deal right now. And I think that's what some people are, are underestimating in this whole circumstance and, and not to throw Gordon under the bus, but he's, he's not here. You know, Gordon has, uh, and he has a lot of cash. <laughs> Gordon in the past said, Oh, just, it's just money. Don't worry about it. But here's the thing. You assume that, oh, it's just money. When when we talk about this revenue, I think a lot of people picture the monopoly guy in some high up office somewhere, bathing in cash, right? Uh, just hoarding it somewhere in a giant mattress or something like that. The truth is, these universities spend every nickel that they generate and sometimes more, and not spend every nickel over the next five years, but spend every nickel right now, essentially living paycheck to paycheck, right? So, during this COVID situation where NCAA money isn't coming in and, and football's at risk of not being played, some of these universities aren't going to have any cash to pay employees, to scholarships, equipment, facilities, et cetera, let alone servicing debt on other facilities that you may have, have built. Other universities that have were over their skis to begin with before this even happened see UCLA and Cal in particular, if you want to, you know, some Pac-12 examples. So, so now universities don't have any cash usually, and now no more cash is coming in. So if you're Portland State, and I'm just using them as an example, I don't know specifically, but if you're Portland State, you're saying, we need the cash now because we've got a Keep the lights on. I smell an advertising opportunity for J.G. Wentworth there. All right. Or or Dollar Loan Center. 
Well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, the J.G. Wentworth, the little uh, song that says, "And I need cash now." Are you? Isn't isn't that the Call one? Call J.G. Wentworth eight seven seven cash now. I love it, it that we're giving them a free advertisement. Eh, whatever. But isn't that isn't that getting cash because you've got a settlement that's coming in? You like, have an annuity. And yeah, you need cash it, now. Yeah. yeah. Is it an annuity? Yeah, I think so. I thought it was a lawsuit thing. But well, I, not, that it, not that it matters. Not that it matters at all. But anyway, you, but if, maybe if Portland but State needs cash now. They needs that. They need that cash money. Need that cash money. Uh, they might be more incentivized to to make a bigger stink. But I don't. But I don't know. But here's the thing. Footballscoop.com has a great breakdown of this, and we'll get to it coming up next. Where athletic budgets come from, and we'll try and do a little loose math in just what's at stake for the University of Utah when it comes to uh, uh, finances. And this is the best breakdown I've seen of it really out there, and it compares the FCS with the FBS. So we'll get to that uh, coming up uh, right around the corner. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, don't forget Will Snowden at 3, Bruce Feldman at 4.30, Bowler the entire 5 o'clock hour. Very much looking forward to that. More straight ahead right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, child! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordo off again today. Band of the Day, it's a Total Request Tuesday. Money songs, we're talking about cash here in the 2 o'clock hour. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. You can tweet at Austin Horton, at Jake Scott Zone. Uh, What's the the layup is uh, Pink Floyd, right, Money? Yeah, that's the easiest. I know, I'm trying to think of something. There's got to be something better. We had someone request the J.G. Wentworth song, which is pretty hilarious. And they're right. Yeah. Hmm. And what a what a masterpiece of writing jingles. Right. Because I that and easy rent to own are in my head forever. <laughs> I've got more than more jingles than that. There's some great jingles out there, such as. Oh, we should do it next week. We should do all the jingles. Jingles. I mean, I really, I really dislike Peyton Manning. I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> And and the commercials themselves have now jumped the shark. But what they did, that insurance company, what they did there, the where they're composing with Brad Paisley or whatever, that's brilliant. At least bam, the, bam, 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 yeah, like the the first couple were just brilliant. Now everybody has. Uh, let's see what else. There's tons of them out there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right. Hmm. All right. Well, so money songs at Austin Horton at Jake Scott Zone. So just uh, there, there's an interesting article out there on footballscoop.com. Uh, they do a, a college football revenue breakdown, uh, Division One FBS and Division One FCS, and these are obviously averages and can change from school to school. But I thought it was an is- interesting layout where their athletic department, where the budgets come from. So let's let's do Division One FBS here for a moment, Austin. 
of their athletic budgets come from NCAA conference distributions, media agreements, and postseason football. It's a big chunk. 21. 29. 29%. 29%. That's the highest, by the way. For uh, for Division One, that's where mo- their most money comes from. Twenty percent comes from donor contributions. Seventeen percent from ticket sales, which was lower than I thought. I thought that that would have been a, a bigger chunk, and that's of course ticket sales to football games. But throw in basketball games, baseball games, all athletic, events. all athletic events. But uh, I mean, let's be honest. At at Utah, which we'll kind of do the math or loosely do the math here in a minute. At uh, Utah, that's probably what would you say, Austin? Eighty percent probably still comes from football. Maybe a little less, seventy-five for the entire department. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Red Rocks, they they kill it attendance-wise. But how many events is that? I mean, it's just only a handful of events. Right? They're not making money on gymnastics. Men's basketball certainly does, but not like they used to. Well, not last year. Um. So seventeen percent from ticket sales, ten percent from the government, nine percent. Corporate sponsorship, advertising, licensing. 7% other revenue, which you and I were kind of brainstorming. is probably parking, concessions, etc. 6% from student fees. And then 2% guarantees. Now, now, real quick, question about other revenue. That is that jerseys? I would guess so. Where they're profiting off Although, the, the student's abilities and taking that money that he or she should be given? Sorry, um, that opens a whole new. I can. don't know. I don't know if apparel sales goes through the conference in the NCAA. That might land in that twenty nine percent. It then? might. I'm okay. not sure though. I'm, I'm not sure. So there's there's the makeup of your Division One FBS school: BYU, Utah, Utah State. So if if those schools do not play, we'll call it the entire seventeen percent. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe it's more like sixteen or fifteen. But just for for fun. Let's call it the entire 17% is out the window. Now, if you look at Utah's budget in 2018, 2019, their total budget was $99.5 million, roughly $100 million. It's probably fairly north of that by now, but round numbers are fun. So let's, as our polls, as our polls, round numbers are fun. So let's leave it at an even $100 million. So let's say the all the ticket sales out the window, 17% right off the top gone. That's $17 million in, ju- Shunk, in just ticket sales. Sayonara. Have a nice day. If you if you refund all the season tickets and stuff like that, we get into the cash problem we were talking about in the last segment, but we don't need to go there at the moment. 20% donor contributions. I would guess no football. That's going to cut into it. Probably, let's call it 3%. So instead of 20, you're down to 17. So there's an extra $3 million right there. That brings us up to $20 million gone. You're looking at uh, 29% distribution from the NCAA and conferences, meaning media rights, that sort of thing. You know, if you do salvage a season, you're still not going to get 100% of your media rights deal because you're probably playing 10 games instead of 12. So there's probably six million, another $6 million gone if you think $3 million per game, which in my opinion is probably a conservative af- estimate. That brings us up to right around $26 million. And that net, then you throw on top of the NCAA tournament revenue, which you'll eventually lose. You're talking probably another two. So now we're inching close to... Meaning the March Madness that we've already missed. That we've already missed. Yeah. So now we're, we're inching closer to $30 million. Uh, you look at uh, institutional governmental support, 
or government support, 10%, that's staying. Uh, corporate sponsorship, advertising, and licensing, you're probably losing a couple percent there. Yeah, because there's a lot of game day advertising that isn't going to happen. Now. Right. Other revenue, 7%, you're probably losing most of that, right? If not six. And it, you, you do the math. We, we, Austin and I figured it. You're you're down right around $40 bucks. And that, I feel, is a conservative estimate, And by that's the way. playing the game but having no fans. Right. That that's playing a, a a ten game season though, Jake. Right. Not not a full twelve because we already know Utah won't. So that's playing a, a a conference season only. Right. So and and by the way, there's some accountant out there who's who's like slamming their fist into the radio right now, being like, "These guys are morons." But we're just trying well, to get right. it. They're right. We are. They uh, are. But we're just trying to get an overall picture of what's at stake. I mean, we rounded it to a hundred for a reason. And at that point, we're. We're right around 40% of the athletic budget is just not getting off the ground. Ugh. Now, Ugh. now you know what's interesting, and, and I'd be curious to hear your opinion on uh, on this, Austin. If you're a D1 FCS team, so we're talking Big Sky, we're talking Southern Utah, Weber State, or whatever, here's their budget breakdown. Okay, they're only getting 6% from the NCAA or conference. As opposed to the 29%. As opposed to 29%. they are only getting 6% of their whole athletic budget from that. They're getting 8% from donor contributions. Now, that's 20%, obviously, uh, at, a, at an FBS school. 5% is coming from ticket sales, which I was way lower than I thought. Yeah. You thought 17% was low on the Division One level. And now on the excuse me, yeah, Division One yeah, FBS, you're right. uh-huh. and and you're and so five percent on the Division One FCS is astronomically lower than you would have thought. So the Big Sky could do no fans, and probably anyone outside of Montana is like, well, so they'll lose some money. Yeah, right. But it won't sink them. Now, on average, your FCS athletic budget forty four percent comes from the government. Wow. And you would think that that isn't going anywhere. I would guess. Huh. Unless the the state, I guess the state could <laughs> tighten the belt when it comes to that. But forty four percent coming from the state, three percent from corporate uh, corporate sponsorship, advertising, and licensing, four percent other revenue, twenty five percent student fees, and five percent guarantees. So you would think student fees would also be a fairly regular, because you just charge the students at the beginning of the semester, and then when they complain about. Uh, not going to any football games, you say, well, you weren't going anyway. Yeah, student fees being anything from tuition to cafeteria food, right? No, student fees, they it's your tuition, say your tuition is a hundred bucks, they'll tack on an additional student fee and they'll t- call it an activity fee. I see. And it's what makes your tickets cheaper at football games and basketball uh, games free and it's like bumping Red Rocks the percentage free. rate at the it's, yeah, okay. It's what it is, is it it's a scam to sell people <laughs> tickets that don't want it. I see. Gotcha. I mean, what percentage? Okay, so what percentage of the student body you think are going to Utah basketball games? None. None percentage right now. Uh, maybe a thousand. Yeah, none. So with twenty five thousand, you're talking like a thousand Utah fan or a thousand Utah students actually utilize the tickets, but all twenty five thousand students are paying for them. I see. That's what a student fee is. So they make their money whether you use the service you're paying for or not. Right. Again, it's, it's kind like, of a scam. It's like how in Germany you have to buy a bus pass, even though you may never use the bus. 
How about how about this uh, here? This is a Gordon Monson example. If you're a member of a country club and they say you got to spend five hundred bucks a month on food, you know, you it, better go you, eat the it food. It doesn't matter if you eat the food or not. Yeah, you're spending five hundred dollars a month on food. I didn't know Gordon belonged to a country club. I actually have no idea oh, if okay. Gordon belongs to a country club or not. So with a student fee, that's going to be there. The so that's not going anywhere. That's and not going anywhere. And state funding, you wouldn't feel like it's going anywhere either. So that's, uh, don't do math on the air, 44% uh, plus 25% Gord, or, uh, 69%. Austin. That's 69% of your budget, which is- But you could raise the student fees percentage. Maybe. Well, uh, certainly FBS schools could do that too if they wanted to. That would be a pretty um, jerk move. If you're going, okay, we can't have fans in the stands and we're going to make up the revenue by jacking our students more. I mean, trust me, I wouldn't put it past these universities doing that, I suppose. But, I mean, that would be pretty <laughs> that would be pretty rough. Yeah, but not surprising. And this is where you and I differ. I see college and university as a big business money-making racket. And you see it as an educational foot-up-in-life tool. Maybe I'm so you, you've naive. So you've but- been duped. Probably. And I'm going, no, I could see them totally going from 6% student fees in non-pandemic years, 40% from student fees in pandemic years. And here's why you might be right, and I'd actually be curious to the listener, tweet tweet me if this is the case for, for any of our local universities here. But I read an article uh, the other day that universities on average are still raising tuition for the fall, even though- No way. Even though their campuses are Shocking. not going to be 100% open. I've never heard of such a thing. Which just seemed crazy to me because enrollment can't be terrific, right? I mean, parents out there have to be thinking, well, well, let's just wait a semester. So it's not like it's not they don't care like bit. enrollment can't be good. You'd think you'd lower tuition to encourage enrollment, right? But no. Yeah, get another so, student loan. So the few of you suckers that are actually coming back to campus, we're going to jack you. Yep, exactly. Because we're holding your degree at ransom. They've never done that sort of moral uh, behavior before, yeah, Jake. If, if we get wind that they, they raise student fees to make up for revenue for football games that aren't going to be played, that would be outrageous. Book it. It's happening. <laughs> that would be outrageous. But if you look at the total budgets, it's interesting because FCS teams might actually be more equipped to weather this storm, believe it or not. Uh, because their revenue sources are are a little bit safer, but their margins are a lot slimmer too. Right, Uncle Sam cuts them a bigger check every year, but they have less room for error and movement than the FCS or right. FBS. Rather. Right. Now, here's why it's not a surprise that these smaller conferences are just canceling the season. A la the Ivy League, and I know everybody loves to give the Ivy League credit for being morally superior to everybody else, but listen to this. It's gonna the the Ivy League basically gets nothing from television. I mean, look at that budget we just read you right there. I mean, they're getting six percent of their money from the NCAA or conference distributions, and probably a tiny fraction of that is actually from television, if any at all. Ivy League's not FBS. Uh, in football, I don't think so. Oh, okay, because they don't have sponsors or they don't have scholarships. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So I don't know. Basketball, yes. Basketball, football, yes. No. But but Big Sky is D1 basketball. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah. So FCS schools um, don't get any money from TV. So it would cost them a great deal to actually put on the event where they would have no revenue stream whatsoever coming in. So it would cost them more to play. If you're looking at FBS, they're making money from playing. So everybody wants to say, oh, the Ivy League is doing the right thing. Well, they're, they're doing the financially right thing. Yeah, true. 
You mean they're not doing it for the safety of the children in America, Jake? And they're probably going to get that government compensation, not the Ivy League per se, but say the Big Sky, who has not canceled games, by the way. But they're going to get that whether they play or not. So why would they play? And being the Ivy League, they will always raise tuition. It's always going to be to the moon and back. Correct. And they will always have people willing to pay it. Right. So they back to our conversation about, well, if they're not going to lose any tuition money either, they're going to make more. But if you're the SWAC, isn't that one of the conferences that canceled the season? The Sweaty SWAC? Back Conference? The Southwestern is that that is? Athletic Conference, the SWAC? I think that's one <laughs> of them they can't, that canceled it. Well, of course they canceled it because yes, it's going to cost them a fortune to even play. And at that point, they'd be, and, and brace yourself for this, but playing for the opportunity of student athletes to compete. Wouldn't want, that, I, wouldn't want that. Where have I heard that? <laughs> wouldn't want that to happen, so let's just cancel it. <laughs> but it, wow. it does make me chuckle when people are like, see, these conferences are doing the right thing. And it's like, yeah, but not the right thing you're talking about. And then to tie it back into our first uh, part of this, where, where we talked about Josh Newman's piece in the Tribune, all this money that the University of Utah, for example, is losing at, we estimated, 40 million, 40% of their budget. Right. They still don't have to pay out canceling the game against BYU because they're going to have that mutual relationship and figure that out. The Montana State, it sounds like they've told Montana State, as Scotty G would say, be cool and we'll be cool to you. Just chill. And with Wyoming, Wyoming could call them on the carpet and say, you pay us right now. But then, as that lawyer said, then Wyoming would never hear from Utah ever again. And with Wyoming having it be a home game in Laramie, it's a little more complex to that because Wyoming actually owes Utah money. Wyoming was going to pay point. 250k for Utah to come to Laramie, and then Utah, by the way, had a similar arrangement to have Wyoming come back to you to Salt Lake City. And what was that? 2025. Yeah. So the good news for the University of Utah is they're not going to add on any expenses by canceling those three games. Exactly. That and, and that is 100 percent the point. So canceling the non-conference actually should not cost Utah any money, other than the money they would have gotten for TV broadcast of the home game for BYU and the home game for Montana State, which is going to be negated somewhat because it's part of the overall Pac-12 TV deal. And whatever money the gate concessions and all that would have brought in on game day. Right. Which is a small percentage. So interesting how the math works out. And and big ups to, to Josh Newman. He did, a, he did a lot of legwork on that piece up in the Salt Lake Tribune. So I would encourage folks to get on there and read it, sltrib.com. Uh, we will get to more uh, coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. We want to remind you about our friends at uh, Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs, it's effective communication for 21st century U- Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Don't forget Will Snowden at 3. Uh, we've got uh, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic coming up at 4.30 and Bowler, the whole 5 o'clock hour action-packed big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl. 
but it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far Shout out to Brett, who wanted a little rich girl by Holland Oates here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a Total Request Tuesday. I say this every time that I hear this song, but I, I read in a, uh, an article about facts about songs that you don't know that this was actually written about a guy. Oh, really? You've heard me say this yeah. before, I know. <laughs> but you know what I say every time we play a Holland Oates song? My favorite record that I own was a gift from you. Absolutely. A Holland Oates Best Of. And oh, this is on there. Yeah, the story uh, the story behind that. Um, used to go down to Vegas a little more than I guess I do now for work, but I was going down there a couple times a year for uh, um, the uh, conference basketball tournament, and uh, it was covering Summer League there for a few years in a row as well. And I found, bang, the, bang. Uh, I found the greatest record store in Vegas. It's absolutely terrific. Every time I go there, I drop by this record store. But anyway, I, I knew you liked Hollow Notes, and that was there at a, a, a reasonable price. And so I brought it back for you. A cool $320. I also have that record, and it's a terrific record. And that, uh, of course, as you mentioned, that uh, that song is on there. All right, we're going to talk to Will Snowden coming up top of the 3 o'clock hour. Not only is Will a, a BYU insider for us here on the Zone Radio Network, but uh, also Will runs Alpha Recruits, very much dialed into not only the college football world, but also the high school football world. And we're seeing different states, different districts uh, tackle the college, or excuse me, high school football issue and different ways for example uh, california pushed back the season to december which boy that's going to be interesting on recruiting right i mean how does the 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 december signing date work if seniors haven't even played yet no oh, like how's a, that gonna such go? a headache so i mean and here in utah we know uh we talked about this a couple weeks ago the high school activities association has kind of gotten out of the way and they're letting you know, the districts and, and schools themselves figure out what is and isn't possible. And I'm curious where we're at in the process and how it will affect high school players. You know, we automatically think of high school seniors, but what about high school juniors? A lot of the, the recruiting goes on, you know, based on their junior year performance. There's a lot of trickle down to this whole situation that is just unfortunate. You say the UHSAA has gotten out of the way. Do you think there are some that would say the UH, UHSAA has run away from making this decision? You could make that argument, and I suppose. Shouldn't this be their decision, being, you know, the arm of the athletics governing body? Not the districts? You Not could, to say, here, superintendent, we trust you. Shouldn't the UHSAA say yay or nay? Uh, that's an interesting thought. Um, I don't think so. I mean, okay. not that Rob Cuff isn't a bright individual, but yeah, I'd probably rather have a superintendent of schools making that decision. Okay. That feels like more of an authority. And they said they, they were going to listen to the Board of Health, too. I think that's probably a pretty good one. If the Board <laughs> of wise, If yes. the Board of Health says, you know, and that's based on where the Board of Health is based on county or is it based on city or both? But anyway, anywho, the, the Board of Health going, you know what? This isn't a good idea. That's better to me than the High School Activities Association. So I don't blame them for saying, hey, look, we're not going to forebode anything. Let's see what we can do here. I don't either. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there as a kind of a, a devil's advocate. Or what? Yeah. Is that the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. devil's advocate. Uh, uh -huh. Because the UHSAA is actually the money-making machine of the high school athletics. The superintendents is supposed to have the, the best of the students at heart. Right. 
right. not the UHS. And I and and this is me editorializing here on on the COVID uh, situation. So forgive me for that. But it it seems like different areas really experience this thing differently. And the smaller that you can get in scope, I feel the closer to the people per se. If you want to get to that, making decisions for those people, that makes a lot of sense to me. Here, here, yep. So, uh, you know, if a district can coordinate the effort or, you, you know, they get on board with the city, what city you're in, if they those sorts of things, I think that makes things more doable than just a broad state of Utah. We're playing or we're not. I'm just very grateful, Jake, that uh, I get paid to uh, react to the these people and the decisions they make. And I don't have to make any of those decisions. Well, there's certainly a lot of that going around, so you're not alone. I don't want to make the decisions, <laughs> but I want to react to you how you make those certainly decisions. certainly want to blast you <laughs> for how you do it and what you do. Go ahead. <laughs> there's an, Your move. There's an awful lot of that going on uh, around out here. But, yeah, no, I mean, if if they put the hands, the, the decision in the hands of, of folks that have the best interest of the students in mind or are supposed to anyway. I've got no I've got no problem with that because I do think there's a tremendous amount of value in the experience of high school sports, especially at that level. You know, where we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, young people, teenage people learning life lessons through sport. I've been a believer in that my entire life. You also believe this. I hate amateurism. Pay those college athletes. That is not true. You said it. I don't know who said that, but I disagree with that. And you sentiment. know where college athletes come from? High school oh, athletes. Oh, we're through the looking glass now, Austin. Will Snowden joins the show next. Uh, very eager to run a bunch of this stuff by him. He's uh, neck deep in that world. So we'll get his thoughts on what's going on out there. Uh, coming up next, we'll chat some BYU, uh, BYU with him, of course, as well. Bruce Feldman at 430. Bowler, the entire 5 o'clock hour. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.